in sunny Southern California. And with me is my favorite tennis pal. It's Valerie Garcia. How are you? Hey, Philip. I'm good. How are you doing tonight? Ah, doing good. Doing good. I actually got to play a little bit of tennis today. Besides teaching, I got to hit with a friend and that was really fun. So, you know, it's always nice when you get to just swing free, you know? Yes. Yeah. When you probably can't rip a rip them like you want with the students oh never (laughs) it's really hard to not rip uh it's it takes a a lot of practice it's really tough and you know you got to put put the ball in front of them somehow you know yes it's a lot of fun hey our tennis podcast is sponsored by tennis pal the best app to find people to play tennis with. So you can visit TennisPal.com to download the app today. Hey, if you listen to our last podcast with Mark Gazonski, he's on TennisPal now, and he's looking for people to play with on public courts all over Los Angeles. So look him up uh, on TennisPal, and you'll have a chance to hit with him, just like Valerie and I did. Yes, I highly recommend that people take the time to do that. He's a joy to play with. Well, this episode is super cool because we're going to do a holiday gift guide for tennis players, and it's just about that time. I can't believe how close we are to Christmas, Valerie. Yes, uh, we are so close, and uh, so anyone who's listening to this, you better go out and buy whatever we're suggesting (laughs) right right away. (laughs) Tis the season to find that perfect gift for a tennis player in your life, right? Yes. All right. Well, we got a so couple true. of suggestions for people. Um, they're mostly gifts that I personally would love. I mean, I guess that's <laughs> that's how it works, right? <laughs> yes, for sure. And and myself as well. So we both put in <laughs> put in our two cents of uh, as tennis players and tennis fans. You know, some of the things that we thought we might like to receive. Yeah. And honestly, what makes me the happiest every year because everyone knows I'm a huge Roger Federer fan is I almost always get at least one if not two RF hats so that's a that's a great feeling and um... from <laughs> Uniqlo from a friend so oh, that nice. always makes me super happy yeah that's fantastic yeah I like them I wish they were like as dry fit as the uh, Nike hats were previously do you know what I mean Oh yeah. It's actually why I sometimes wear a Rafa hat because his his were the ones that came in the dry fit yeah. and they're so much more comfortable and cool for your head. Well, especially but, when um, you're playing, right? Yeah, for for playing for sure, but for just sport like walking around and looking cool, you definitely want the the RF on your head. <laughs> I don't even wear my RF hats while I'm like playing or teaching. I wear these uh, rec tennis hats that I got from the USTA because they, you know, you know how hats have that button on the top of your head. Uh huh. And I know it's really dumb, but I actually wear a helmet and I ride a bike to the tennis court, right? And so when I put my helmet on the hat, it actually hurts my head because of that little button. Yep. <laughs> I've I feel your pain. That happens. Um, what if you play baseball or? softball and you wear a helmet oh, on yeah. top of a hat that you get the same sense. the same thing so it's a very real struggle <laughs> <laughs> but i'm running out of those hats i i only got like you know uh, so, so many of them so and i don't think i can buy them so i'll have to find other hats that are like that does the rafa hat have the little thing on top it, it does have the button uh, oh you know what i lied it does not i lied Ooh, i might have to go to, go rafa <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a great hat. I'm not going to lie. It's super comfortable. It's lightweight. It's uh, very breathable material. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy to wash in the washer so that like some of my other hats that are not the the same material, like, you know, you sweat in them when you're playing and, and stuff. And so you want to be able to wash them so they don't get all those white stains. Um. I, I love it because I mean, I've washed it like 50 times and it still is in great condition. Yeah. Um, and what so I love about great. Uniqlo is it's so inexpensive. I mean, sometimes you'll find the hats on sale for like $19, you know, it's crazy. But I think in general, regularly, they're $29, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you're you're about right. And hats, hats are really a great, I mean, when I go play tennis, at least half of the people have hats or visors on. Sure. Um, it's so so great for a tennis player to block sunlight. Right. Um, so if they're if it's a recreational player you're buying for, 
you can definitely look for what Philip and I are talking about in terms of comfort um, and the dry fit. The dry fit, I can't recommend enough, um, just in terms of comfort and functionality. Yeah. But also, there's so many hats out there for just like a tennis fan as well, like like our RF hats that we love to wear. Um, there's Rafa hats. There's Djokovic hats. I think Andy Murray has his AMC, the Andy Murray clothing line that probably has hats. I think there's probably several um, players that have some sort of hats. Right. Let me uh, think about So Roger is with Uniqlo. I, Nike is uh, Rafa Nadal. And I, I would, is Serena still with Nike? Like after she retired or... I think she is, but I'm not sure if that sponsorship will drop sometime soon. Yeah, because they're famous for doing that. They did that to Andre Agassi, and then he had to go over to Adidas or Adidas uh, in his history. And actually, the same with Roger. Like They had offered him only two more years uh, at $9 million, and then that's when he jumped ship, right? Because it was kind of a little bit of an insult, I think, for uh, I think Roger expected more. Novak Djokovic, yes. of course, is sponsored by Lacoste, so you can get some great Djokovic Lacoste wear as well. I actually like their clothes, Lacoste. Yeah, they have nice stuff. Yeah. Um, I got myself a Lacoste sweater um, in at Roland Garros this year. And then I almost left it on a tennis court one day. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, somebody I was playing with was like, whose sweater's over there? <laughs> Uh, and one of my worst decisions, I think, was um, that I got a RF hat from a friend, and it was actually not a, a legitimate hat. It was like some kind of knockoff counterfeit hat, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know where they got it, but uh, it's it was white with gold lettering. So I really liked the way it looked, right? And it just had that cool kind of white with gold, like that Wimbledon feel. Uh, mm-hmm. So I actually brought that hat to be signed the first time that I met Roger and he signed the hat and, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. But that hat has like completely fallen apart. It's so cheap. And and then it turned like super yellow. It was really nicely white, but it turned like faded yellow. It was just ugly now. So I'm so embarrassed. But that's the hat that he signed. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> I know. So bad. Well, bad I have a... Um, a real Nike RF hat that he signed, but it's gray, so the <laughs> the signature is not as visible. <laughs> Mine's, I have a similar story with a arm. It was like an army green shirt that RF put out. Uh, so it was actually an RF shirt with an army green. And I was smart enough to bring a silver Sharpie for him to sign with. But even with the silver Sharpie, it didn't pop. You know what I mean? You can kind of barely mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. So, ugh, you know, I don't know what else, what other color I could have brought because it was green, you know, like black or there's no white, really white. Yeah. And speaking of um, non-authentic gear, um, I don't, I don't want to pivot to Etsy too quick or anything. Yeah, However, go, go. Yeah, those, Etsy. those who listen to our Laver Cup experience, um, Roger retirement episode, <laughs> either one of those know that, um, there was a the the Roger Federer Laver Cup black and gold cap, and f- I wanted to get one of those hats for Philip and I so bad, um, and then ten others so we could wear them for the rest of our lives. Um, <laughs> but they sold out like almost immediately. Anyway, I did see s- people selling them on Etsy, like knockoffs that look just like it. So, if you're interested in, I don't know, getting if you if you missed out on that opportunity. They do exist, because um, I have to imagine if you get the the real one, it's probably on eBay for, you know, a lot of money. Oh my! But gosh, if you want to, yeah. if you want like a thirty five dollar, um, Laver Cup RF hat, I did see those on Etsy, and I actually happen to see a lot of signed memorabilia. Uh, memor- wow. Okay, you guys, it's been a long day. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a lot of other great signed memorabilia on Etsy as well as I'm sure eBay. Um, so yeah, look for your, look for, just type in the name of your, your person who's, who you're buying a gift for, um, their favorite player. And I'm sure plenty of stuff will come up or maybe if they don't have a favorite player, like there's a lot of really cool things 
my my family has bought me like things that say like um I play te- okay this is this is not that nice but <laughs> I've been wearing I've been wearing this sweater for 8 years. It says like I play tennis because hitting people is frowned upon. Now, this is not a true statement because I don't hit people and I wouldn't want to even if it wasn't frowned upon. However, it was a really cute um gesture and a something that my family got me and it's kind of funny. So there's little things like that um, out there. So many cute things like creative people out there are making that you can really have an original gift for somebody in your life who loves tennis. Yeah. And speaking of expensive, I don't know if you looked at our old um, RF Nike hats on eBay or something, but they're, they're anywhere from like 100 to $400. Nice. <laughs> so all this, all that collector stuff you have, it really did appreciate. Fantastic. Too bad I didn't save a lot. When I went to uh, New York and bought, I don't know, I think I got 14 RF hats because I got one in every color and there was a lot. <laughs> um, but I gave, them a, I gave them all away. I only kept two for myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and one signed, so I'll never wear it. It's yeah. just sitting in a closet yeah. in a safe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. I know. But I know. Like, what are we going to do with our signed stuff, you know? Just stare at it for the, <laughs> you know, till I die. And <laughs> I have a signed racket from Maria Sharapova when I went to the <gasps> Maria Sharapova and Friends event. And the bummer is that she signed the grip, you know? And so oh, you feel like yeah. the grip is just going to come off. Or if, if you ever even played with it, right, it would just rub off. Oh, yeah. So I you, can never, you can never play with that racket. <laughs> and then you, it's not even like you can even take the grip off because then it, like the signature will unravel. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it won't, I'll never be able to piece it back together, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, you know. But I want to try it. Like, what does the racket that she hits with feel like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to buy you a We'll have to buy you one. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. Well, I did mention that our podcast is sponsored by Tennis Pal. And I do think Tennis Pal is one of the best uh, gifts that you can get someone. One, you could just download the app for free. So you can get that for them uh, by just sending the link to them and saying, hey, get this app. But also within Tennis Pal, there's another app called Tennis Pal Coach that people can use um, to get video analysis of their play style, their serve, their forehand, their backhand. They can just video themselves and ask a coach to uh, give them annotations on the video. They can actually mark up the video and send it to them, which is really cool. So there's a lot of cool features in the Tennis Pal Coach app that people can use. And I think it's like anywhere from 10 to $50 or something to have a coach analyze your swing uh, virtually. So that's a kind of a cool thing, I think. Totally cool and very affordable. Um, and the thing I love about it is when I'm buying Christmas presents for people, I always like to think like, um, or even also when I'm receiving them, is I want something that like I I would love, but I'd never really buy for myself. Right. Um, and for me, like, this is the type of thing that I would be like, oh, I could, you know, I'm not going to get it for myself, but if somebody else got it for me, I'd really appreciate, um, having the opportunity to have a coach say, Hey, you know, <laughs> your ball toss, no, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, whatever, whatever, have some sort of analysis to, um, because actually one of the best things about tennis or one of the most enjoyable things for someone who plays tennis is improving and that's what makes it fun if you just like suck forever it's not going to be as fun so when you get better it's more fun and this coaching is definitely the best way to get better <laughs> well i mean no one not rafa nadal roger Federer, serena williams no one improves without a great coach right so exactly uh, all of the greats um had a coach all of their life and that's how they got to be great and you know if you want to improve it's really nice to have someone who you know can analyze what you're doing and just improve if nothing else i mean it will help 
protect your body. There's so many things that we as uh, amateur rec players do that's actually kind of detrimental to our arm, our shoulder, you know, the way that we move, um, the way that we uh, execute our footwork could often be scary. It's one of the first things I teach is how to move backwards uh, while you're playing because a lot of people will move backwards in an incorrect way and, and literally fall down. And people have fallen and hit their head on the cement, you know, on a hard court Ooh. here in L.A. And uh, sad, sad things happen when that happens. So, you know, great, great footwork is so important. Always starts with great footwork. So, yeah, I mean, it, there's thousands and thousands of coaches, right, that they can go to. You can find them on the Tennis Pal Coach app. But one other website that is really helpful is called Net Generation. It's actually sponsored by the USTA, so it's netgeneration.com. And there you'll find a list of all the coaches, um, mostly in the Southern California area, but it might be national. I'm not actually sure about that. And there you can search the name of the coach and see if they have their background check in place, see if they've done their their, um, uh, sexual harassment training, um, if they've if they've qualified to you know be a coach with the USTA, so it's really just a great resource to make sure that you're picking the right coach. You know, especially if you're giving away lessons for a kid or something. You know, yes, a hundred percent. And I do encourage um, lessons as a gift. You know, like Philip mentioned with Tennis Pal, not only can you do video analysis type of things but you can also find coaches for in-person coaching um for for those like for me i i love to the in-person um someone who can grab my hand and say hey you know like this is put the put the racket in my hand physically and say you know this this is the correct grip for x shot or you know this type of shot etc um and i was telling philip before we hit record, that last year I got some lessons for a family member to play a music instrument. I just like prepaid a few lessons, and it was really it was really cool, um, and it worked out really great. So I would I would highly recommend. And I know if somebody got me tennis lessons, especially if they got them from Philip for me, because there's no greater coach out there. Oh, that's um, absolutely not true. <laughs> I mean, I think Patrick Moritaglu might have something to say about that. <laughs> Well, you know, if you want an affordable and friendly and effective and the kindest soul you'll ever meet in the Southern California area, (laughs) who is USTA certified and has done his sexual harassment training. (laughs) That's right. Um, All of of those things, you know, that would be a really uh, great gift, I think. Well, I I will tell you that uh, a friend of a friend bought lessons from me for her husband she called me up um, and I kind of knew who she was but she said hey you know I wanted to buy lessons you have like gift cards for your lessons and I was like "Uh, no (laughs) that's how backwards I am but yeah I can make you one so I I just made up a quick you know gift certificate and sent it and this is for someone who lives on the west side so you know I'm gonna go out there and teach uh, a couple of lessons for that person on the west side only because they're such beautiful friends uh, I don't usually drive that far. <laughs> nice. I'm not like a have tennis will travel, uh, especially because it's really hard to teach in specific cities. Like certain coaches kind of, you know, control certain courts. Courts. You know? yeah. 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 You yeah. definitely kind of have to like stay in your domain. Right. But they actually have access to a private court. So as long as that is, you know, available, then it can work. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, something something to think about. But yeah, thank you so much, Valerie. That's so nice of you. And and I can recommend I and I do recommend lots of other coaches in the Los Angeles area when I meet someone who, you know, is looking for a coach in the Valley or in Orange County, you know, that kind of thing. So if you are looking for a recommendation besides going to Net Generation to background check them, you send me an email, uh, pk at tennispal.com. And I'd love to help find you a great coach because I think. That's so important, and I really want people to be able to learn the game of tennis, right? For sure. I know that um, our former Rafa fan favorite reporter, Nicholas, and I have been talking about um, getting lessons in 2023, so... Come on, I'm going to give you free lessons. You know I will. Come on. Oh, well, we could trade, you know, for massages. I just need to get my massage table back up. 
<laughs> well, that's a great segue into massage because I don't think there's any greater gift you can give a tennis player than body pain relief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm always sore. Every part of my body is really like, uh, like I just hit today. And I'm just like, wow, I'm sore. I need stretching and I would love a massage. And so talk to us about the importance of massage and what that means. Well, yes. I mean, a massage is not just great for a tennis player. It's great for anyone, but for the sake of time and for the podcast being about tennis, you know, <laughs> um, massage is definitely such a an integral part of your body and your muscles um, rejuvenating and feeling good. And, you know, the um, it's, it's way of kind of um, like healing, let's say, when you really just like overwork because tennis is, you know, a very physical sport for our body. Um, it's not physical. It's not a contact sport, but it's very physical. And I know when I come home after tennis, I got like some weird muscles I didn't even know existed, feeling really sore. Um, so not only does the Look, it can also be mentally stressful if you play like competitive tennis. Mm. So just even just the relaxation part yeah. of massage yeah. can can be really beneficial. Um, but it definitely helps with recovery for muscles. There's a reason why t the tennis pros have you know massage therapists on staff, uh, as well as physios and all of that stuff. But I mean, I think you know, they get a massage after every match. Yeah, pretty much they do. If they're not like doing an ice bath and and um, cool down some other some other stuff like some of them i think do like oxygen tanks and some crazy crazy stuff but uh yeah I, I think pretty much every single one of them gets a massage after a match because it's it's that uh, rejuvenating and um for your muscles yeah right? like the, it just helps the recovery yeah and uh, the reason that i defer to valerie on this is because she literally is the best masseuse that i know she is so good and my number one like go-to for massage is Valerie. She's just so amazing. So if you want to get someone an amazing massage, you should actually just go to Valerie. I, I know you didn't expect me to plug you there, but <laughs> I really <laughs> think that you are the best. And so she's not just talking as a tennis player. She is actually one of the best masseuse in Southern California. Just amazing. And uh, I've had a lot of massages because I need them all the time. And you are the best, Valerie. You are so good at what you do. And I don't it's amazing how strong you are, but it doesn't even feel like you're you're pressing hard. But it just feels like wow, it goes it goes into the muscle and it and it stretches and it elongates because I think that's the thing that hurts the most for me is that I get really tight, that my body and my muscles get really tight, and that's when the soreness comes for me. Besides inflammation, is that right? Yes. I'm not sure if I'm saying the right words. Yeah, I mean, like for sure, you have all the right ideas and. There's, there's like cramping that can happen as well from tension and I, overuse. I get that so, all the time. Yeah. A lot of I mean, times I'm I'd like trying to hydration fall asleep is so and I like cramp, you know? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Sometimes I'm at like the dinner table and it's just like, boom, you know? Yeah. Well, we got to get you some more massages. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's been years since I've had my hands all over you. So we'll have to change that. <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. And uh, if you don't have the luxury of, you know, actually going to a masseuse and you just want kind of a lighter uh, self-massage, there is really some great tools. And I don't know how you feel about, like, the mechanical massagers and foam rollers and massage sticks, Valerie. What do you think of that stuff? I'm all for it. You know what's funny is this isn't a great tennis gift <laughs> because it's too easy, but um, I am a big proponent of self-massage, I think it's very important, right? Because like we said, these tennis professionals, they get a massage after every match, but they can generally afford it, right? Yeah. Uh, not everyone that I know, not anyone that I know can afford a massage every day um, from a person doing the massage. Right. So self-massage with machines, tennis balls, foam rollers, uh, you know, whatever it is, is so important. And I actually personally, my favorite is self-massage with a tennis ball. Um, I just lay on them and move them around slowly and take lots of deep breaths until I feel the tension release. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's the greatest thing. And I think foam rollers are also 
excellent. I know my sister does it every day of her life. She'll she'll roll. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I use a tennis ball a lot on my feet where I just like, you know, roll it back and forth because my feet get so um, painfully tight um, after pounding the cement <laughs> hard courts in L.A. Yes. So it really, really helps a lot. That that feels really good. And oftentimes I use some kind of like balm as well. Biofreeze is another great gift for a tennis player. Um, and my, my physical therapist said it doesn't really go into the skin and, and doesn't actually create medical uh, relief, but he, he calls it uh, distraction therapy. <laughs> <laughs> he says, hey, if it helps, you know, if, if it helps you mentally, that's great. But for me, when I put it on, it's, it's like that kind of like tingling, cooling sensation, biofreeze. You know, I think it's basically menthol, right, that you're putting on yourself. And uh, it feels so good. So I highly recommend getting someone biofreeze. And it comes in like a cream. You can get a spray. You can get a gel. There's all kinds of stuff, right? It's great. I love, Philip has given me little packets of it and I carry them in my tennis bag. And every <laughs> once in a while, I'll like pull, a, I'll strain a muscle. And it's just, it's great to be able to rip out a little packet from my tennis bag and be able to slap that on. Uh, and I will say, even if it is um, a mental, you know, <laughs> type of relief that's so important because you know everything's connected in our body yeah. and so if you can mentally give yourself some ease it will present itself physically as well as relief so and i do, all for it yes me too and i do have two mechanical massagers that i use so uh, one of them is one of those four balls in a heating pad kind of massager it's called a shiatsu back and neck massager you just get it on amazon by the way all of these gifts are going to be in the show notes and they'll have links to amazon as well but this one is um, just like four rotating balls you plug it into the you know socket and it just ro rotates and it has also has heat and I'll just be like, you know, watching Emily in Paris on Netflix and just sit on this thing, you know, and just, you know, massaging my quads. And then I put it on the back of the seat and then massaging my back and even my neck. And it's just dreamy for me. You know, some people, it might be kind of hard, kind of mechanical for some people, but for me, I like it that way. So it really feels good. And, you know, I can sit on that for a long time and then I'll turn and you know, sometimes I'll put it on my calves and sometimes I'll even kind of lightly stand on it to, to massage my feet. So I highly recommend that. Do you have one of those uh, mechanical ones? I've had them in the past yeah. and they are fantastic. Yeah. Right now I have one of those. Oh, I, I don't know what it's called, like the technical term. So I'm going to use a um, non-PC word, but, but it's like a massage gun, yeah. I guess. I, like I, I did, And I was going to say that I have, I just got that too as a gift for Christmas last year, I think. Yeah. How do you like yeah, it? Yeah, it just like punches a ball <laughs> right. like rapidly right. into wherever you put it. Right. Um, I am a fan. Uh, I am a fan. And I, I am a believer in Tapotement, which is that's the type of stroke, massage stroke, that when something is like, um, let's just say, tapping you over and over. Um, I'm a big fan of that type of stroke for massage. Um, a, a big believer in, in Tapotement. So... Yeah, I, I like it. I think it feels great, and it's. I know a lot of athletes use use them as well. I don't know if we know this, but is there a big difference? Because I mean, they they range from like fifty dollars to like five hundred dollars. What's the difference? Do we know? I do not know that is for sure. But I would have to think that, unless this person, I don't know. I I would think that a cheaper one would probably do the job just fine. Yeah, I, I don't know why you would need such, I don't know, a high quality or such an expensive thing <laughs> just to kind of like, yeah. I don't know, hammer you yeah. at a few, a few spots. And what those are really great for is like for like localized muscles that have um, problems. So if you have like a real, like a smaller area that's stiff, like it's just easier to hit that spot yeah. with something like with a tool like that. And I know for me, I have to be really careful not to hit a bone with those things 
because man, they just like vibrate through your whole body <laughs> and it just doesn't like it. For me, it, it like bounces up and down almost like a hammer action on the bone. So I have to really be careful not to <laughs> put it on the bone. It really does. It does, right? I, I do it on my neck sometimes yeah. and I'll go up towards my head. And if I hit it at the wrong angle where it catches like my cranium, yeah. it'll just hammer the heck out of the back of my head. And I'm like, whoa, you know, because it'll just, it's like someone just punched me in the head like three times. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's, great. it's not the ball. You would think that there's like maybe I can get another attachment that's like a softer rubber ball, but the kind that I have is just like hard plastic. So it doesn't really feel Ooh. super great when when it hits the wrong spot, you know. If I if mine was plastic, I would not be putting it on my neck near my head. <laughs> mine is some sort of like um dense foam. Yeah. Ball? Yeah. So it's pretty, um, it's, it's dense, so it has like good sturdiness, but it's foam, so it doesn't like, I don't know, really hurt yeah. when it goes over my bone. <laughs> I was even thinking of like, in, like cutting up a tennis ball and inserting it, you know, so it has a little bit more cushion or something. So oh, I, must, there you go. I must have a cheapy one. <laughs> there you go. We shall see. And you know what? Actually, I got mine as a Christmas present. Ah, so Perfect. Must be the best Beautiful. Christmas present. And I, I think as far as foam rollers and um, uh, massage sticks, I'm actually de going to defer to my yoga friend, Marsha Gray, who she, she's been on the podcast as well. Uh, check out her podcast um, episode because um, basically she and I wrote a book called Yoga for Tennis. And we created this like uh, buy list of all of the things that she recommends as a certified yoga instructor. What kind of foam roller? What kind of massage stick um, that she uses? The 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 bands, the resistant bands, which are really really helpful for a lot of training and activation. Um, so I'll make sure that there's a link to that sheet as well as the link to the the ebook, which I'm really proud of. It's only five dollars, believe it or not, but it's a it's a hundred and twenty seven page uh, book on yoga and the yoga positions you can use and how it applies directly to tennis, like core muscles for your core strokes, shoulder muscles for your serve, that kind of thing. And she being a you know certified yoga instructor as well as a certified fitness uh, instructor for the U.S. Navy, I mean, she really knows what she's talking about. I was just like chiming in, you know. $5, can you, I can't even believe it. <laughs> There's no better deal you're going to find. If you do not buy this for the person in your life, um, wow. Yeah. And there's wow. even like a quick, uh, start guide. That's like th these five things are what you should do on the court as soon as you get there. And these are the kind of stroke, uh, stretches. These are the kind of moves that you should do to, to warm up your body, to get you ready to play tennis as well as cool down. So I really think it's really helpful. And honestly, most of my friends that I play tennis with don't do any warm up or cool down. <laughs> they, just, they don't. They just start playing. And then my friends, you know, like they'll say, yeah, I just go home, drink a beer and fall asleep. You know, it's just like, wow. OK. Yeah. I mean, there's there's those out there like that. That's OK. Uh, Mark and I, when we played, we we each had our own little pregame uh, stretches. Oh, nice. You know, so I'll have to take a look at those because I don't I don't remember those when I saw the yoga um for tennis book before, so I'll have to I'll have to refresh my memory so that I'm doing good, the best stretches for my body before I go out and play. Um, it, you know, tennis is actually can be pretty painful. I mean, it's very stressful on your body. It's a, it's a good workout. I mean, I I I can't uh, stress enough how important it is to warm up to get ready to play and then to like stretch hard stretch after you finish playing. Uh, and it's just going to elongate your, you know, tennis playing ability as well as basically your, it, I feel like stretching relieves pain. That's what I think of it as for myself. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's a reason why athletes and science say to do so, you know, it's, it's good for our body. So let's keep ourselves in tip top shape so we can keep playing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what about for playing? Is there anything that you wish you had or you think is such a great gift uh, for the player itself, like equipment, tennis rackets, tennis shoes? 
Well, let me tell you, because I think equipment is is another great thing. Um, and sometimes maybe it's also a thing that people will just like play with something really old for a long time. <laughs> so true. Right? I've <laughs> seen they're it. Just like, I've seen it. Yeah. You know, they're like, like just, okay, so I was playing with the same shoes for like 12 years. No. And oh my I gosh. know. How, and how can I you hadn't still stand? Had, I know. And I also hadn't had my racket restrung in 12 years. So... I just recently gifted myself new strings and new shoes. And I have to say, those are, there's personal, they are personal things and personal choices. So I wouldn't recommend that you just go out and pick shoes yeah. for someone. Gift, gift card time. <laughs> or, or strings and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you know that, if you know that your player is like a recreational player, um, you can always, there's always gift cards to local tennis shops that, so that they, can go get their racket restrung. Um, you can find a decent um, set of strings as well if it might encourage them to go get it restrung. Yeah. Um, by receiving the strings, yeah. and then usually a tennis pro at the at a racket shop will also be able to. Um, if you just tell them a little bit about them, they'll be able to suggest some string. Obviously, if somebody is is more um, serious or competitive, they're going to have choices, personal um, choices and brands and intentions that they already like so they're they're not gonna want just some random stuff right but um in terms of shoes gift cards again gift cards are really great or if you're like a parent and buying for a child and you're kind of like making the decision for them let's just say um or you're in the position where you can if they don't like them you can return them i will throw out um a plug an unsolicited and unsponsored plug because I just bought these shoes um, Saturday. What did you get? Their their head Evo, like short for evolution, um, Revolt, R-E-V, like Valerie. Okay. O-L-T. Um, and they're fantastic. So first of all, I was very surprised that they were only $80 because usually when I buy like good tennis shoes, yeah. they're well over like a hundred and usually closer to the 200 mark. It's true. Um, so I was like, when I saw $80, I thought it was like a mistake and I was trying not to get super excited, but then it really was 80. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these are like great. So then I was, I, then I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're not going to be that great and comfortable when I play. Let me tell you, I put them on. They felt a little tight. Um, when I was just sitting there, but the second I started walking in them or playing in them, I had, they did, I couldn't tell they were new shoes. I was never thinking about my shoes at all because they were so comfortable and they had great grip so I could really run around and um, the court, no slipping. And um, I got to say, I'm super, super impressed and happy that I got them. When the guy told me like, these are really popular then they're very good. I thought he was just, selling me like yeah yeah, and i thought oh he's probably just has a bunch of stock and wants to get rid of them or something (laughs) (laughs) uh regardless of that was the case you know um no matter no matter what was the true reason he said that they are amazing um head evo revolt shoes um there's some other versions so i think i got i might have gotten um an earlier version because i think there's some two and three point oh versions but very comfortable, very good. So if there's um, anyone in your life who's looking for women's tennis shoes. And did you just buy one pair because you hadn't tried them before? I did just buy one pair. But now that you're saying that out loud, <laughs> right? you're making me think I got to go back and get another <laughs> one. Because as many people, if you play tennis for a long enough time, you know they, they keep changing them a little bit. Right. And then... So many times, like when I read through tennis shoe reviews, they're like, man, they changed it and they suck now. Or, you know, I wish everyone wishes that they had the ones from before. Right. The version previously. So. Right. Yes. I'll go get some some more. <laughs> I usually kind of stockpile my shoes. And so like if I find a brand that I really like and I see it on sale, I'll buy like four pairs of that shoe because I burn through shoes like three to four months. Isn't that sad? 
<laughs> it's not sad. It's great. It's because you play so much tennis. What's sad is that my shoes lasted 12 years because I bare- I played twice a year in them. I just don't know. I don't know how you do that because like after, if I go too long with my shoes, and this is for all tennis players, once they start to become uneven, you you feel it in your knees. Your knees start to like be unbalanced and, and I can feel like the 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 tension uh between like the uh <laughs> what are the ligaments in my knees uh-huh. uh i can feel that they're not working the way that they should that they're like being overstressed and so as soon as i feel that i like oh this is i i gotta change my shoes yeah so I too have bad to- we can't change our shoes every match like oh the pros that don't. would be a dream because <laughs> I think this is the largest expense in my whole tennis career. It's shoes. I mean, like you said, they're a hundred to two hundred dollars, and I have to buy them every three to five months. So yeah, ex- yeah, it's a- that's a pretty big expense, and a racket's more, but you can play with it for years and years. Well, yeah, I I play with a '90s racket, so. <laughs> still it's still going <laughs> I, yes. I, I bought it off of uh ebay what do, what do you think about buying a racket for a tennis fan or a friend i think if it's a person who doesn't play tennis but has said you know i'd love to get out and start playing um and get active again go for it go to target <laughs> Get a nice little starter racket. <laughs> um, but Or if you're like a parent, again, and like you're buying for a child, yeah, um, probably also a great idea because they might, if they're in lessons, you could even maybe talk to their coach to get a good idea of what kind of racket would be good. You can even talk to the tennis, um, the local tennis pro, Philip Kim, over at the, Hunting, the Langham. There you go. Huntington in Pasadena. Um, someone or like at a at a tennis pro shop, you know, um, those people, they know a lot of stuff. But for me, like I, I would never want somebody to give me a racket. Right. And probably you wouldn't either because when you play regularly or just a little bit more than recreationally, um, like competitive, if you're competitive at all. <laughs> You probably want to demo rackets um, and find the one that you like yes. that feels right. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. I think m- most beginners can start with most rackets. I-, I would say that there is like a super, super cheap level of rackets that I never recommend and that a lot of people have. And they're the rackets that have that plastic bridge inside uh, the bottom of the frame. Do you know what I mean by that? I don't think so. So every tennis racket that is like at big five, that's under, you know, 20 bucks or something. <laughs> they, they have this like plastic bridge that, um, is not part of the frame. It's literally a plastic piece of insert. And oftentimes they'll paint it. So it's very, very close to the frame. Uh, but when it's that kind of racket, you know that the racket is really, really cheap. And usually the metal of the f- the frame, and literally it's metal, it's some like tin metal, the frame is like kind of hollow um, versus any racket that you and I play with is, you know, it's uh, it's hollow, but it's uh, usually a, kind of a graphite or carbon uh, material, and it's all one piece mold. So the whole racket is one complete piece. So if you're going to buy somebody a racket, just make sure that you're not buying a racket that has that little plastic bridge in it because those are like the super cheapy, probably cost them like $4 to make and then they sell them for 20 You know, that's why they're 20 uh, Yeah. And, and, and maybe just buy uh, for someone, especially if it's a child or something, buy a used racket that you know is, um, you know, a kind of a higher level racket because they'll grow into it as long as the grip size is fine and the weight is okay. I think that's maybe the better way to go. So I'm, I'm usually trying to find my tennis students used rackets. There's so many rackets out there that people are just dumping and, you know, they used to play tennis, they don't play anymore, and they're actually really good rackets, you know? Yeah, and that's all I, I'm – all for, you know, reusing things that are not broken and that are still completely perfect and functional. Yeah, and then you just restring them, right? You put some new strings on because the strings are crap, I'm sure, after 10 years of sitting in the closet. But yeah, once, exactly. once you restring, you know, and hopefully it's in good enough shape to hold the strings, you're, you're back to pretty great, you know? Yes, and, you know, in the spirit of 
because that actually touches quite, um, it's like an important part of Christmas to me. Um, a lot of, I'm a little bit of a Scrooge, uh, for anybody who knows me personally. And mainly most of my Scroogeism comes from the environmental side of my thinking in terms of, you know, not wanting to put too much into the ca- the capitalistic thinking. Um, so used things are great, but also, um, personally, I don't like I, I always get nervous um, getting gifts for people who already have everything. And oftentimes I receive gifts that I don't need because, you know, I have everything I want and need. Generally, I just get it for myself. Yeah. So I love the idea personally um, of, of giving to foundations, right, in the name of someone. I think it's a, it's a great thing for those in your life who you know they already have everything, um, if you're looking for something for, for organizations to donate, contribute to, I definitely know of, of, um, my favorite tennis charity, <laughs> Love Set Match, recently becoming oh, nonprofit. <laughs> so you, it's Valerie. a nice little tax break. Um, and there was, there was no... <laughs> Um, there's no carbon footprint on that. So, Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yes, you know, yes, um, yes. donate to a, a charity and thank you. Yes. I, I'm really excited that our tennis Academy has now become a nonprofit. And so actually Valerie in starting in January, I'm really excited that all of the lessons are going to go towards the nonprofit, basically all of the income, uh, any income that we might generate from this podcast, uh, from lessons, anything, all of that's going to go in towards the nonprofit. So I'm trying to create a budget so that we can actually do some pretty amazing things. The goal is to uh, be able to create a pathway for kids who would never be able to play tennis or never have a chance to learn tennis from a coach because it's kind of expensive, right? I mean, 80 to $120. Not every parent in Los Angeles can afford to pay that for their kids, right? Yeah. So, you know, it really started in our free program in East L.A. that was um, run by L.A. County. We were able to give away free lessons to all the kids that were in East Los Angeles at these three parks. Um, And so we're expounding on that and trying to just find people to give free tennis lessons to. And really, that's my hope is with this new nonprofit, I'm going to try to get funding so that I can teach tennis for free to as many uh, kids that you know are underserved as possible, and then recruit other coaches to help me to do that as well to really s- spread the love of tennis, make it more accessible, you know, to get in uh, to the game of tennis, and and also not only teach them tennis, but really teach them education, teach them physics, math, um, all of the aspects that tennis is, because there's so much that's happening in tennis the speed and the rotation of the ball, you know, the the form of your body and how it relates to the sport. There's so much that we can actually use to educate kids and extend their learning hours from the classroom, right? So really excited about that. Thanks for bringing that up so I get to stand on my soapbox a little and talk about <laughs> what no, we're No, I love it. I mean, I, I know you would, wouldn't want to do it for yourself, but it's so important. <laughs> and the work that you do is so amazing. I love that you, um, cause, cause you've been doing it for so long without it being a nonprofit. And so it's so great that you can, you have that there now. Um, and it's like really growing wings and, and, uh, standing on, <laughs> standing on its own, on its wings. Um, no, really I speak English. Um, <laughs> it's just really coming into its own, I guess I should say. And so I'm excited to hear that it, you have these plans for next year that you're looking to grow it with other like coaches and stuff like that is, is the team right now pretty um, small? Do you have other coaches that are doing this with you yet? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a few and I'm, I'm excited that it's going to grow, but yeah, my friend Luis, who is with my team in East LA, as well as uh, 
Karen, who was with my team in East LA, uh, Brandon, who also came and taught there. So, um, yeah, there's a group of us that are starting to grow, like, all of the ability to teach tennis for free. And I'm kind of thinking in my head, like, how can I disrupt tennis and the idea that a coach should get a lot of money for lessons, you know? Like, can I get them money because they do deserve to get paid for the lesson that's not the point the point is how do i get them paid and not have to have it come from someone who can't afford it right so how do i do that how do i raise funds and you know i've been raising funds for like the cancer research uh, for many many years and i'm hoping to apply that same skill to this and um and also to create a pathway for kids because i feel like kids who even if they do find tennis they're kind of on their own they find a coach and maybe the coach helps them but there isn't like a track so it's like find them in elementary school show them where to go in middle school to continue to play tennis then into junior high school make sure we know all of the coaches for high school and then of course the dream is can we get any of these kids to play college level tennis or just to get into college, even if it's not with tennis. I mean, just to be a part of that story would be amazing, you know? Because a lot of the kids, like the demographic for East Los Angeles is that only 16% of the kids are actually gonna go to college. Yeah. So it's really, and then, then over here- it's very low. Over here, five, um, five uh, miles away in my city from East LA, five miles away, 82% of the kids are going to college. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that just is so unfair, you know? And it's it's not the kids' fault. It's it's just their circumstance. So how can I change the game for them, you know? Yes. And uh tennis, like you said, it can teach us so much more than just tennis, right? Um there's so much to learn from the sport. That is so great. So is is it just East LA right now? Right now, that's where L.A. County is allowing us to be, but I also have it here in Monterey Park, so I'm going to be, be giving free tennis classes in Monterey Park as well because even though Monterey Park is, you know, it's a f- nice middle-class area, there's still families that are struggling in this area as well as San Gabriel, Rosemead, and, you know, around my city, there's a lot of, I'm sure there are people that I can find, you know, and so what it is is just partnering with the elementary schools. Uh, we're literally right across the street from Macy Middle School. So just partnering with those teachers and finding, because they know the students, they know where they are, they know how their family lifestyle is, right? And so yeah. if I can partner with more educators, that would be amazing to you know, e- enable our coaches not to just be tennis coaches, but actually to be educators, to be mentors, to really um, invest in the child's life. So it's not about tennis. It's really about the kids, right? It's really about the person that we're teaching. That's what a great coach does is they bond with that person and they build this trust relationship. And then you help that person achieve, whether that's a personal goal of tennis or whether that's you know, graduate high school, you know, <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing to be a part of that story? Yeah, for sure. And I think um, tennis scholarships are very real. Uh, they are a very real thing. And it's not um, like there's that many people out there running around um, playing tennis and, and I guess, cashing in those scholarships. So I, th- I feel like it's a, it's a great avenue for someone to get into college. Um, yes. Sadly, if they're given that skill and that, you know, young enough. Right. In their life. Like if you're introducing them to this, because, you know, um, there's just, frankly, there's just not as many people. Right. To, to um, doing that. Um, well, I've talked to so many uh, college recruiters uh, in the programs with the USTA where they're trying to get people to play tennis in college uh, and even trying to get, people to play tennis in high school and they are saying that um, they are dying to have people from the United States have tennis scholarships they're they're like pushing for that because they're the USTA right that's what they're trying to do but what what's happening now is it's all international all of these international kids are being taught and they're they're competing at a very high level and their goal is to come to America and get a college scholarship because it's like really fulfilling the dream for them and they're working really hard so how can i help to kind of even the playing field for the kids in the u.s you know it's weird because we have everything in the u.s in a way right Mm -hmm. but uh you know 
it's it's about mindset. It's about education. It's about um, learning to be a certain kind of character of a person. So much. So much. For sure. So I know for me, I would definitely love to to donate to something like this. Not only does it mean a lot to me, but you and you mean a lot to me. So oh, this, the you. organization means a lot to me. <laughs> but I also do think um, Christmas is more than a Christmas tree or lights or presents and things like that. I and love I, that. I, I, I like that. to be able to give back in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um, so for those others out there like me who, who would like to be able to do something like that. Can you give me some information of where they can go to get the information to donate to this awesome yeah. uh, tax-deductible charity? <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Right before the end of the year, you know, if you got to get some in. It's true, yeah. There, there <laughs> are actually people who make so much money they need a tax deduction, which is so awesome for them, right? Yeah, <laughs> Wonderful. exactly. Um, and yeah, and even if they don't need a deduction, and even if they don't need a tax deduction, but they are just so big hearted that they want to give, it's so welcome. So, yeah, the best place to go is just to go to lovesetmatch.net and click on our donate page because that's all the information about who we are, what our mission is, uh, what our immediate goals are. So they can get more information there. And the best way to give for us is actually through Facebook. We have a Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash lovesetmatch.org. Uh, and if they go there and they donate, there's two really cool things. One, Facebook takes 0% of the donation so that 100% goes to the foundation. Any other way that you accept donation like PayPal or uh, you know those fund fundraising sites and stuff, they all take a percentage. Facebook is the only one that actually is 0%. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. I didn't know that. And then go meta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? One good thing, you know, like, trying to make up for stuff. And then the second thing that's really great about them is that they, uh, we qualified for matching gifts with them. So if people decide to do a monthly gift, they're going to match up to $100 on that monthly gift. So you can double your giving through Facebook, and Facebook will actually match that monthly. But it has to be monthly giving. Like you have to commit to doing monthly. So let's say, here's what I would encourage you. If you're going to donate $50, instead of doing one-time $50 donation, please do a $10 donation monthly for five months and and then it'll be doubled by Facebook. So if they use the Facebook platform and then sign up for monthly, Facebook matches up to $100. Oh, that's awesome. I'm totally doing it today. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're so nice. Well, that pays for your lessons then. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I'm going to be the first uh, person to join that to join the the new academy for <laughs> <laughs> yeah you are you are more than welcome so that's really awesome and thank you for yeah bringing that up and there are of course really really great charities out there um acing autism uh there's so many great tennis uh related charities as well as just charities in general so it's just a great idea to actually give uh, in someone's name i think that's really awesome yeah, it's super great. And then if if also, um, I think we've talked about this in, in the past, and I know we the USTA is not what, what it once was. So this is, you know, maybe hit or miss, but USTA membership is also something that you could get for somebody. I don't think I'm a member anymore, but I was for like 15 years. And one of the things I really loved about it is I got, I think it's Racket Magazine subscription. So... Like no, ten, month- tennis, tennis. Oh, is it Tennis Magazine? Yeah. Okay. Racket Sorry. is way too cool. <laughs> I, racket is too cool. And I had that in my mind because I listened to their, te- their podcast, their podcast uh, with really Renee, Subst- yeah. Renee Stubbs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get, a, you get Tennis Magazine and it has so much cool stuff in there. And then also for people who actually go and watch tennis events, tennis tournaments, they often give you a discount for being a USTA member. That's so true. So that's like a really cool little perk. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that idea. What I would add to it is if you know that your tennis player plays league, they have to pay for that membership every year. They have to be a USTA member. So if you know they play league, that's a great gift for them because they're going to pay that anyways, and that's a gift that really saves them money. So that's a that's a really good idea. I don't know if there is a like gift certificate 
kind of deal on the UST website, but I bet there is, you know, I bet there really is. Yeah, I feel like it would be kind of, it might be a little challenging, but it might be something good for like parents who have, you know, teenagers playing tennis. Yeah, and and shout out for the USTA because they actually give away free memberships for kids uh, nine years and under. So if you have a child that might be interested in tennis and they get like a kids tennis newsletter, uh, they can come in to like play uh, kids tournaments and stuff because obviously they're trying to get more kids into the game. Even though it doesn't cost you anything, how great to just, you know, give your kid a gift certificate uh, membership and, you know, cost nothing but but just sign them up and they, and they get uh, a little bit of tennis in their life every month. Uh, you know? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Like you should do that right away, anyways, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Christmas or not, if you forget, if you miss Christmas, get it for their birthday. <laughs> well, Valerie, I feel like we've covered a lot of really good things. I mean, there are so many other things that I wanted to talk about, but I, I didn't want to go on forever and ever. I mean, maybe just a quick mention of all the wonderful Roger Federer books out there. <laughs> yes, lots of Roger Federer books. Yeah, um, and my favorite is the Federer-esque book, which we used to have um, on our website, and they actually sent us some, um, and and just just a beautiful pictorial coffee table book of Federer that is stunning and, and written by March, Mark Hodgkins, um, who is a, a pretty famous sports writer, but the pictures, the layout, the format, it's like an oversized format, and it's just beautiful. I, I think that's maybe the most beautiful Federer book. What do you think? Oh, yes. It's amazing. I mean, it's a must-have for any Federer fan. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really awesome. And then just a quick couple of like Federer, the greatest of all time, is like maybe the definitive biography of who he is um, that I think people might check out. There's also a graphic biography. Uh, called The Genius of Roger Federer, uh, also called Federographica, <laughs> that you can ch- check out. And it was also written by Mark Hodgkins, so you can tell he loves Roger. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then there's a really interesting thing that you and I, uh, writing that you and I can relate to. It's called Federer and Me, A Story of Obsession. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it came out in 2016, so it's been around for a while. But uh, it's, you know, basically the story of a fan who had a relationship and his love for Federer and what it meant to be a fan and uh, watching, you know, the World Tour Finals in in, uh, Shanghai and talking about how his obsession grew over time and, you know, something we could really relate to. (laughs) Philip, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) The person who was crying at the Labor Cup. (laughs) Yes, nobody nobody who knows me would ever put obsession and Roger in the same sentence with me. I mean, our podcast is nothing but obsession. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I I think my goal in life has always been that somebody that's, if somebody I know sees anything about tennis or Roger Federer, I want them to think Valerie. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've done a pretty good job of imprinting that <laughs> like on people. So good. So good. <laughs> well, that's yes, awesome. We, we take, we take our passion for tennis serious here at tennis pal Chronicles. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely from the fan point of view, you know, I just, I think being a fan of tennis has made my life so much richer, uh, brought me you, you know, <laughs> which I'm so grateful for. And yes. I've met so many great friends and I actually was at a Christmas party for, for tennis just this Saturday. And we were talking about how diverse the group of people at the party was. And I made a joke that it was like going to the DMV because you like see hang you're hanging out with all of these people who maybe you would never actually be friends with in your life if it wasn't for something like tennis that brings you together because they're all from very distinct circles, you know, very different communities. And yet somehow tennis pulls us all together. So awesome. (laughs) So awesome. Love it. Yeah. And got to give another shout out to Tennis Pal because they are the ones who bring us together as well. And it's a great place to find people to play tennis with. Uh, find Mark Gazanski on there and play tennis with him. 
Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Mark. Um, Go and, find Mark. Yes, yeah, so fun. And I and I have met some really great people on Tennis Pal too, and played with them. So that's a great place to go. Visit TennisPal.com to download the app. And hey, I also want to give a shout out to our new friends at another podcast called Loosely Strung. Isn't that fun? Oh, that's great. Loosely Strung. It's a tennis podcast. I just met these guys on Twitter. Actually, Andy did. Andy met them and introduced me to them. Uh, she runs our Love Set Match uh, social media account. And uh, these are five Scottish guys that cover like the latest in tennis, but they put their own kind of spin on it and sometimes controversial spin. And, and they're just laughing the whole time. And it's so fun to hear them talk about tennis with this really heavy Scottish accent. I mean, I know that's an American thing to say, but I just really loved listening to them. And it was really fun. And they laugh and they joke. And, you know, they're looking to break down the serious stigma that tennis has. And I love that. I think that's so fun. Oh, that's great. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, really. Because good. I'm always I'm always looking for new podcast material and... Uh, People talking about tennis is pretty much my favorite thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we want to wish you all a very happy holidays. Merry Christmas and, and happy Hanukkah and, and all, all of the wonderful holiday season that this is. And it's almost Christmas, Valerie. I hope you have a great Christmas with your family. Thank you. You too. Yeah, it's going to be good. I really appreciate it. And hope everyone's... Uh, game of tennis is improving and hope they're having a good time and they find a great gift out of all of the things we talked about for the tennis player in their life lovely and hopefully they could find a place where all their serves are aces aces. (laughs) (laughs) nice job way to way to bring it around for us (laughs) 